Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Megan, and welcome to Genealogy Explorer, where we dive into the family history of listeners just like you. And today I have the pleasure of bringing on Brie Westmoreland, who reached out to me a few months ago on TikTok to find out more about her family history. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on here, Brie. If you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself to get us started here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, So I am Brie. I work in education, and um, I I reached out to you originally just because... uh, my uncle uh, and I had always talked about, and other family members as well, always talked about getting a family tree together. And so at the time he was sick and um, mm-hmm. I just felt that it'd be really cool to try to, you know, have some information to, to present to him and to, to the rest of the family. And then when he passed away and, you know, you were able to do some of the family tree for us, it was very, it was like a healing thing for us. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to definitely start this conversation uh, with your uncle, who was really the catalyst in this whole journey to find your family roots um, on your dad's side, of course. So we, um, you messaged me on TikTok and you told me that story. And um, I know you'd sent me a photo of him probably, when, when would you say that photo was taken? It was that military photo of him, right? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I will have to ask my dad about that, but he was super young in it. Like he looked fresh and dapper. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. So for uh, people listening right now, yeah. Her uncle was super into, uh, doing the family tree and wanted to do, uh, wanted to continue that journey when he got out of the hospital, but obviously, um, he didn't make it out of the hospital and he sadly passed away on August 1st, 2020. We were going through the family history, which we're going to go over today on the podcast episode. Uh, but I wanted to start off the story with what kind of kicked this whole thing into gear. Um, the photo that was sent to me, uh, obviously we did like a, a video, I restored the photo and we did a little bit of the story on that photo, um, in the video and somehow it got nearly 2 million views, 4,000 comments, 530,000 likes, which was insane. And uh, I know losing a loved one is always such a difficult thing to go through. Uh, Brie, how did the um, that massive response to that video affect your family during that time? You know, it, it's when you when you lose someone, like you said, you know, it's very hard. And he was the patriarch of uh, the Westmoreland family. Mm-hmm. And so you almost, you brought new life when you restored the photo for us. So for us, it was like, I had never seen it restored, but like my, my uncles and, you know, my aunts knew him like that. So for them, they're like, oh my God, he's young again, you know? (laughs) And um, so it just, it really gave us all basically a new memory of him after he had left us. And um, it was just, it was nice. It was, it just, it felt good and it made him feel closer to us since right. we had lost him. And then of course you have, you know, the people who are responding and it was, oh, we're praying for you. We're sorry for your loss. And, you know, it's always nice to know you have those extra prayers coming in from people. Oh yeah, for sure. It definitely was a totally unexpected from both of us. We were watching that video, the views going up and up and up. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of insane. It was crazy. No, it was crazy. Like my dad was also watching it every day. <laughs> and I swear we... Us, me and my dad alone probably are like 150 of the views, but <laughs> um, 
my dad would like text me every day and be like, Bree, look at how many views it has. Bree, look how many views it has. Look, you know, and he he kept saying like, um, your uncle is impacting other people. And I was like, you know, I was like, okay, I, I can see how you're saying that. He was like, you know, because he didn't know who you were at first. And he was like, tell her, thank you. We, you know, what does she need? Tell her we're going to help her. <laughs> and so <laughs> he was just like, every day he was sending me a message saying how many views it had because he can <laughs> either <laughs> so his uh so charles your uncle that's his, that's your dad's brother right right it's his oldest brother right oh well that's i'm, I'm glad that that just kind of helped because i can't even imagine it is tough it, i know like i it's been several months and i still catch myself where i might like you know mm -hmm. shed a couple of tears or kind of be down but um the, the guy the man that he was he would be like you know okay get your tears out and Aww. let's go like, you got it you got it we gonna move on so so I know uh Charles middle name was Tobe's full name was obviously Charles Tobe Westmoreland Jr uh and Tobe mm -hmm. is a Westmoreland family name that goes back well what we saw nearly 200 years now um I'd right. like to talk about the significance of that name uh so remind me again who is the youngest generation with that name so far in the family so right now the youngest one would be my cousin Corby Tobe and that was mm -hmm. uh Uncle Tobe's son and so he he's the one who's bearing the family name <laughs> right now <laughs> oh yeah so we've got Corby Tobe Westmoreland uh and then we have obviously Charles Tobe Westmoreland Jr and then his father Charles Tobe Westmoreland who was uh also from Montgomery County Texas like your whole family is from Montgomery County Texas which is um you know we will be able to trace that back in just a little bit and then uh from there obviously is uh Tobe Iverson Westmoreland Jr. And then we have gotten all the way up to Tobe Westmoreland Sr., who was born in 1833, all the way in North Carolina, but somehow made it um, into Texas, which started this whole um, Westmoreland family congregating in this area of Texas, which is kind of incredible, honestly, <laughs> going all the way back up into 1833. You know, and that's the crazy part, because even getting that far, you know, mm -hmm. as a black person is like, oh my gosh, because we, we expect to stop somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And so oh, yeah. when you make it back to like, well, more than likely this was a slave, like it's still pretty, it, it's, it's crazy. Like I found it. Like you, you, like you, <laughs> there's a record there. It's so, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, let's, uh, well, let's definitely talk about that first document that we found uh, for Tobe Westmoreland Sr., your second great-grandfather, that voter registration from August of 1867 in Montgomery County, Texas. How mind-blowing is that? <laughs> you know, you, when we think about like our voters' rights, we, I've, I've never had to worry about that. I knew I could vote. Mm -hmm. He, he went in probably terrified to do that. Oh, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, it is part of the Reconstruction Acts of 1867, which was the post-Civil War Reconstruction Plan that included uh, requiring Southern states to register all free men to vote. And at that point, obviously, African-American men um, would be voting for the very first time. So that would make your second uh, grandfather, sorry, your second great-grandfather, Tobe, uh, one of the first uh, African-American men to vote since he was uh, registered in August of 1867. And uh, I think part of that plan, you had to have been registered to vote by September 1st, 1867. He just made it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> knowing that and seeing him being a part of um, American history that's being taught to all, obviously us in schools, how does that like affect your family in terms of like seeing your uh, family's footprint in American history that way? It basically says that, you know, we were more than slaves. Mm hmm. Because a lot of times when we learn about, you know, the the history is like, oh, y'all, it was slaves and there we go. But like, no, <laughs> we we were slaves, sure. But we also went out there when we could register and we did it despite the fear of, you know, retaliation. And, um, you know, he he voted to make sure that we could vote. Mm -hmm. That's just how it feels. He voted to make sure that right now, me in 2020 is able to sit down and vote somewhere and not fear that. Yeah. And I could, get, you know, I have all these rights now because I'm, you know, at that time he was like, hey, <laughs> I deserve it as much as you do. Oh yeah. And I know it's just, obviously it was just men at the time. So it was uh, white men, uh, uh, African right. men. And that was basically, that was basically it at the time, but it was still a, progressive uh step in the right direction obviously to get towards women being able to vote and other you know other people of different races being able to vote so mm -hmm. um I don't know that's seeing that um document obviously was such a um very like it was very what's the word I'm looking for it's humbling is humbling. what it feels like to me <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good way to put it because I think I was I was not super familiar with the Reconstruction Acts, specifically of 1867. So whenever I looked more into it, because I couldn't find uh, anything, we couldn't find anything else about Tobe Westmoreland right. for this voter registration, because typically this voter registration uh, was the very first document for a lot of newly freed slaves where it had their name on it. Right. And see, and that was one of the things that got me too. like, he technically you know, in the eyes of I many people, it didn't become a person until then. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 you know, like, who knows, you know, when he was free or what happened. And, and up until this point, he was just another Black man. And now he was able to write his name down and say, I am somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I am Maybe. Joe Westmoreland <laughs> Sr. I am. Right. Like, that I is... Am. <laughs> <laughs> and I came here to vote. <laughs> <laughs> I came here to vote. Dude, that must have been such a terrifying thing. I couldn't even imagine, especially in Texas. Like uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the South isn't the South isn't very friendly at times. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I'm you know, I, I was also I lived in Texas for 10 years and uh now I live in North Carolina, which is crazy because he was born in North Carolina and he right. Texas, so I have I'm <laughs> dipping in both sides of that South uh area, but um, there's a lot of good things about the South, but their history, you know, towards African-American yeah. people is uh, not one of them. And um, it's hard to find documents for these people, um, especially before 1867, uh, because mm -hmm. a lot of the times whenever um, they're listed in documents, uh, they're only listed as like five foot seven, a hundred and something pounds black man right I, and, you know when we were looking at my uh, family tree and I was looking at the census for different um family members mm -hmm. even uh for my uh was it my great-grandfather and it would just say you know C. Johnson black or negro and oh yeah that's what it was called <laughs> at the time <laughs> right like two two kids or you know to see like mulatto on there or something like that like it was just <laughs> like that's it that's that's all he is 
Oh yeah. There was very little documents even going down from Tobe. It was just kind of like very bare census records mm-hmm. that didn't really tell us much. Um, and I know, well, we're, we're going from Tobe, obviously we were able to find things beyond that 1867 voter registration. We learned he became a blacksmith and, you know, had a life and married, uh, your second great grandmother, Nancy. Mm -hmm. And then obviously they had their children. So, um, it's, it's, I think it's kind of a humanizing experience. Oh, sorry. It's a humbling experience to humanize your ancestors. So we were able to find, um, non-population census records where it shows him um, employed as a blacksmith and ordering materials and seeing his day-to-day life. Uh, So how was that like seeing his literal just regular day-to-day life? Because when you're living your life as just a person, you don't think of yourself as becoming an ancestor in the future. You're just living for yourself in the moment. How did you guys react to seeing your second great-grandfather living as a blacksmith in uh, post-slavery times in the uh, late 1800s? Well, kind of like you said before, like it made him a human. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he's always just like, oh, my (laughs) great-great-great ancestor, but that actually made him real. That made him (laughs) more than just a, a name in the family tree. Like he, he, he made a life for himself and his family. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you always try to think like, well, what did he have the same characteristics as like my dad does? Like, <laughs> I can imagine he was, you know, just as hardworking or, you mm-hmm. know, you know, so that's the kind of thing. It just makes some real. And it's just, oh, yeah. it's, it's always still crazy to see you went from being a slave to now you were able to get your own, um, your own business supplies, essentially. And, you know, you're working, you're trying to be something, you're getting past slavery. Mm-hmm. Which, and, uh, you know, which is very, like, obviously disproportionately affects um, African-American people in the time because what you're freed as a slave and then what? Right. Like, and, if that's, and that's what we learned. It's like, you know, when we're talking like they were freed and, you know, I, I put quotations there because they say, oh yeah, you're, you're free now because they say I have to. But in reality, we know there were still situations where like well shoot they might as well just still be slaves because how you treat them like you oh yeah you freed me to do what so him having his own equipment meant that he he was able to take care of his family by himself at least that's what I would hope you know um he was able to get out of it and he was able to be successful he was able to get out of it right that's crazy yeah (laughs) because I'm sure there are lots of people who, you know, they get, they get released from, you know, slavery, and then they don't know what to do with themselves, because that's all they've ever known. And that's, you know, that's a scary thought. So the fact that he mm-hmm. was able to get out of that, and then not only, you know, become a blacksmith, start a family, register to vote, become a person, like, obviously, they're all people, but he was like a documented person with a name with a life that we were able to trace 200 years later, is kind of an amazing thing. And, you know, that's, you know, and then I think too, like you were able to do this, like your family lived on, mm-hmm. you did enough. So now like, it's now I can figure out what you were doing. Right. Good going. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, buddy. Like <laughs> your genes made it. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, I have the privilege of like being white and being from Europe. Uh, Cause I was born in England and I was able to trace my um, ancestors. Like I've seen pictures of like my great 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 grandparents and like I've you know obviously have the privilege of that because it's you know 
it's just white privilege, honestly, that a lot of people don't talk about that in, in genealogy, where a lot of African American people, they do genealogy and they hit the brick wall of the civil war Uh and Uh they're not able to work past that. And, you know, I don't think that's talked enough about, like I have the privilege of being able to see photos of my distant ancestors. And, you know, I literally Uh found a photo of a, of a, of a cup that was gifted to my fifth great grandmother, like with her name on it and everything. So it's just the complete like polar opposites of people's experiences in genealogy is not often talked about in, in regards to a uh, race. And for us, we all, we know, we think about that. Cause you know, I've had um, experiences with old friends or whatever. They're like, Oh no, my um, great, 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 whoever came over on this ship. And I'm like, well, my people came over here on a slate ship. So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know which one, but they got here. And, but I could tell you about, you know, my grandfather. Right. So it's you definitely right but you know like growing up black like you learn very early on that you're gonna hit a wall and it's just when you find like how the stuff that you found that's why it was so mind-blowing for us because we were like we we never thought we'd be able to even go that far because who knew that the records were there it's hard too because you know um well in this case it was relatively a bit easier because his name was so unique you know tobe westmoreland from montgomery county texas it thank god that you know your name wasn't like something like johnson Mm -hmm. or you know something like that luckily we were able to kind of narrow it down uh with that unique name that obviously has been passed down for 200 years now which is still crazy to me um (laughs) But it's, we're just, in terms of that, we were lucky, but obviously we have not been able to move up past Tope Westmoreland. We don't know where that last name comes from. Uh, We're assuming it might be coming from um, a slave owner's last name, because sometimes that happens, which is what we're going to get into next with um, Tope's wife, Nancy. But um, we don't know where that last name is coming from. And like, we've always assumed we're like, it has to be a slave owner's last name. And um, I've mm-hmm. had, you know, different like history teachers who be like, oh, Westmoreland, you know, there used to be a general Westmoreland. And I was like, oh, okay. And to me, in my mind, I'm thinking, so like, he's a part of the, the slave master's family. Like, <laughs> you, you share that information with me. Like, I'm excited. But, um, <laughs> and then there's like a, a Westmoreland in Jamaica, I want to say something like that. And mm-hmm. there's different little towns named Westmoreland. So it's always like, hmm, I wonder if, that means anything to, to to this side of the Westmorelands, you know? Right. Like if how where's the connection? Because obviously they're they might all be separated or but there must be a connection somewhere. And like I be said before, it's it's hard to have documents before that. Like I want to get into uh of course um Nancy, which is uh Tope's wife, your Nancy being your second great grandmother. Yes. So Tope Westmoreland Sr. and his wife uh Nancy Spiller were of course your great-great-grandparents and clearly left their mark on African-American history and Texan history. Uh, I wanted to go through what we discovered about Nancy's parents, which was also uh, new information for your family. Very new. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, what we found was Nancy Spiller was born in Virginia, probably around 1844. The birth year is kind of a little up in the air it's a little off in some census records but that's normal for the time um, she was born in Virginia to Jenny who was a slave 
owned by Nancy's father, who was James Madison Spiller, who was a obviously rich white Virginian slave owner. Yep. And she is listed, uh, Nancy is listed as mulatto on her census records, which means she is of white and uh, black descent, uh, according to the official definition there. Um, so we were able to locate her throughout the, uh, her life as listed as that, um, which is, <sighs> it's rough. It's getting into the rough part of the history <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> um, because James obviously had had a wife he had a white wife obviously um and jenny was his slave and they had a child together i mean it's pretty obvious what happened right i, I remember when you first were telling me the information and i could tell you were kind of like um a little mm-hmm. uncomfortable with it and mm-hmm. i had i guess i've been preparing myself for that kind of information you know you just ass- right. you know what happened you assumed it happened at least and so I was like, okay. Like when I, I would tell you, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like I, we can also talk about um, with your, because you took a DNA uh, test on Ancestry and we were able right. to find your uh, your white cousins on the Spiller side um, yes. all throughout your, all, all throughout your DNA connections. You had all these I white people, <laughs> you had all these white people on your, on your ancestry DNA connections. And we didn't, we couldn't really figure it out until uh, we made this connection here. Right. Because you said um, you were when you were doing it, you were like, look to see if you see a spiller. And there was one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember what his name was, but there was the one cousin removed, you know, far removed. And mm-hmm. it said spiller. And I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was like one relatively close to you. And then the, then there was like a bunch of spillers that were like mm-hmm. pretty distantly related, but all, obviously all white. Um, but we had a bunch of connections that way, which kind of solidified this like not kind of but it basically was like this is you know this is why you're we're related on the right. to these yeah, yeah we're this on is, the right track <laughs> <laughs> on the white track <laughs> where uh but yeah that's uh it kind of was like yeah this is why you have white people on your um on your um ancestry dna connections because your third great grandfather was white mm-hmm. and he was um also from virginia and to make matters even greater, uh, he was like fighting for the Confederacy and had to be pardoned by the United States of America for it. Hey, you know, we all make mistakes. <laughs> we all make mistakes. Good job, James. Good job. I'm not going to hold it against him, you know. <laughs> but um, so let's, we'll talk about a little bit about the documents we saw on here where it was kind of a, um, not not so common instance where um, slaves were documented under like names. Um, And Nancy, uh, obviously your second great grandmother and Jenny, her mother being your third great grandmother, they were listed on slave manifests where they were being transported uh, with James Spiller to Louisiana and then Texas in 1850, obviously Montgomery County, Texas. So they were traveling from Virginia uh, to Texas around that time, which is how you guys obviously ended up there. Uh, Tope coming from North Carolina and then uh, the Spillers coming from um, Virginia. You know, so we we talked about Tope first and, you know, him being on the, the voter, you know, the voter registration and him mm-hmm. getting his, his blacksmith um, tools and then to get to her. And it's like, we sealed her slavery for her. You know, um, you were on a slave manifest saying that this man who owned you was bringing you as property over to another state. And that, and then not only that being just a, a man bringing you to uh, another state, but it's your 
your slave owning father <laughs> and your right. slave owning third great grandfather. It's like very jarring. It's very like you get to points in your family history where sometimes it's not so boring anymore. It's not just like, oh, there's my grandfather. Right. There's my great grandfather. <laughs> there's my slave owning third great grandfather. Okay, right, great. great. Yeah. This is horrifying. Real good guy. He, he gave them a name on the manifest, you know, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, yeah, it helps. It helps us out because right. we were able to trace so. that down simply because they had the uh, the uh I don't know if it was different. See, that's the thing. I don't know uh, how different it was in North Carolina as opposed to Virginia because I haven't been able to find much on Toe Westmoreland in North Carolina, but was able to trace Nancy and Jenny in Virginia. So uh, maybe documents were different at the time because they were probably slaves around the same time, um, honestly. But it's really interesting to see that because we also noting the reason that, well, I'm guessing here based on documents that I saw, but the Spillers probably moved to Texas because James's brother George had relocated to the area two years prior by, by the way, a 11 week long wagon ride. <laughs> uh, so that would be your fourth grade uncle taking that 11 week long wagon ride uh, to Texas from Virginia, uh, which they probably did something similar, but they were probably moving to the area because of George. And I think there was another brother who had moved to the area as well, um, but I haven't been able to find much about him, but I was able to find um, George mm -hmm. and a photo of him, obviously, and all of that. So, uh, and then I was able to, obviously with George, work down his tree and was able mm -hmm. to find cousins on that side that was still alive um, because, you know, their documents are a lot easier to uh, go through. Well-documented. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they could read, they could write and it's well-documented and all that. So that was easy. And then working, working up was really hard. <laughs> and then working down from the white <laughs> side was really easy. And then, um, also, I wanted to point out as well, don't want to like talk too much on my end, but uh, the Tobe and Tobe Westmoreland and James uh, Spiller both ended up on the same page of the voter registration in 1867 because they were both That's in the funny. Montgomery County area. You know, I mean, I'm just, I'm like, well, how, what's the connection there? What kind mm -hmm. of universal whatever happened that they both showed up on the same page? Oh yeah, they, they showed up on the same day. So Tobe is your second great-grandfather and James is your third great-grandfather. And James would have been Tobe's father-in-law and they both were on the same, they both showed up on the same day to register to vote. Um, so I don't know, how how was that kind of connection, you know, connecting obviously Tobe Westmoreland, a hardworking man who came out of slavery to become a blacksmith being on the same page as a uh, your slave owning uh, third great grandfather who brought over his <laughs> wife, who was his slave, it, you being right like, next to each other. <laughs> right, like in my mind, it's almost like, did they see each other? And it was like, mm -hmm. gave each other a dirty look, like, I can't believe you're here. And he's like, I sure am here. <laughs> you know, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what actually, how, if they even knew, like, if they knew each other. Right. Did he they, even like, so when know he they were there? Here, right. Like, when you got here with Nancy, it, did you, and you, you know, you couldn't keep her. So now what? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what did, was it, did they even know? Did that mm -hmm. even that's the kind of stuff that I would love to be like, let's, let's channel these spirits. And I want to have that conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. Like did the James keep in, keep track of like Jenny and Nancy after right. they were, to, where they, where they had to be freed. Did he keep in contact with them? But then on the, on the flip side, you want to think, well, what if they did know? What if it was mm -hmm. a situation where let's say James was actually a pretty decent guy and 
<laughs> you know, could he have yeah. been? We don't know, but like, <laughs> you know, I just, I would love to see what that day was like. That had to be mm-hmm. just, you know, not, not funny now, but then just like, you, I've reached peak. I'm voting now. Now what? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I want to work down from Tobe, obviously, Tobe and Nancy. So, okay. We're going to go through this again. So James Madison Spiller, slave owner, had a child with his slave, Jenny, had Nancy, which is your second great-grandmother. Nancy and Tobe were married. Uh, now they're located in Montgomery, Texas. And now they've had uh, Tobe Iverson Westmoreland Jr., which is your uh, great-grandfather. Now, did you know, do you know a lot about him as well? Because I know we have a photo of him and all that. I don't know that much about him because um you know he had passed mm-hmm. by the time I showed up but um 1964 yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I was good and wasn't here yet um so I I don't know that much about him but I believe like you know of course Uncle Toe probably could, could have said something about him and things like that um mm-hmm. but I just have the picture yeah. you know my dad wasn't born until 1963 so oh yeah you know, he just missed him well right I- so he, I mean, he was there, but he didn't know, you know, so like, oh, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know that much. And that, that's one of the things, unfortunately, because of COVID, we didn't get to do a big family thing like we always do during the, um, the holidays. But mm-hmm. those are the kind of conversations I kind of wanted to have when we could get the family together. Like, right. so tell me, like, that'll be like the next step. <laughs> like, so give me some stories. What was he like? Was he crazy? Was he mean? Was he funny? Was, mm-hmm. you know, um, but these are definitely the conversations that we're going to have when we can get the family together. Right. And I know, so that's Tobe Iverson Westmoreland, which is your great grandfather. And then moving down again, Charles Tobe Westmoreland, uh, who is your grandfather. So did you, uh, right. did you get to meet him and like, did you get to know? Him? Yes. So <laughs> Charles Tobe Westmoreland was my grandfather. We call him Papu. Oh, that's what we call him. <laughs> and, um, Papu was, you know, by the time I, you know, was hanging out with them, he was retired and everything. Mm-hmm. And just as loving as he could be, um, I, my best memory of them was like, I had the chicken pox. And so I had to go stay with them while I had the chicken pox because my sisters were at the house and everything. Mm-hmm. And I just remember every morning we would wake up and he would make me a cup of coffee and really it's probably just milk and like a dab of coffee and sugar but I wanted to drink coffee with him every morning and we'd go sit outside and you know we'd pick pecans and um oh. I remember he was one of the first people who let me sit in the car by myself because <laughs> you know when you're young you're like no you have to come into the store with me he was like no you can sit in the car and I was like yes <laughs> I, I'm a grown-up now you know so Papu was was great I have no bad memories of Papu. Um, That's a cute name too. <laughs> <laughs> I told my dad, I'm going to make him be Papu whenever I have kids. But oh, sweet um, Papu Jr. <laughs> right? That's cute. <laughs> um, so, you know, and then to hear my dad talk about Papu is um, how any son would talk about the man that they just like, they admire. Mm-hmm. Um Cause you know, he got to see Papu when he was younger and he was like, he was strong and he was tough and he worked hard and you know, nothing, my dad never said anything negative about him. He's just, he is the man who took care of his family. He loved them, worked hard. And you know, you, I would have to get, I would have to put him on the phone for you so you could hear 
his stories of his dad. Oh yeah, we could definitely maybe bring him on for a, a maybe a part two of this kind of uh, episode talking about your dad's side of the family. I'd love to bring him on. Obviously, he would probably have amazing stories. And I'm it's, so he was born in 1963, so we wouldn't have known his uh, grandfather. But obviously, he would have lots of stories of um of obviously Charles Tobe Westmoreland uh, Papu. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is I, I love that name that's so cute and then obviously his son uh who his sons would have been your your dad obviously and then your uncle Charles Tobe Westmoreland Jr. and then a bunch of other kids <laughs> yeah there there's six of them all together mm-hmm. um it was oh lord what there's Charles Charles Chandler Henry um Arthur who am I missing Anthony and uh who did I miss out Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> Sorry. I was looking at the family tree at the same time. I'm like, who are you missing? Who did I miss? It was Uncle Adrian. All boys. <laughs> All boys. Um, they did have a girl, but she ended up she was a stillborn. Aww. So they always and it, they always call her little sister. And it's it's so cute. Oh, little sister. Um, but um yeah. So I grew up with all of those uncles. <laughs> so I never felt like I didn't have protection and and when I tell you like my dad absolutely loves his brothers you can tell he is like the little brother who loves his older brothers and so mm-hmm. they you know they fuss and fight like any family but it's we are definitely a strong clan oh yeah for sure see that that's that's I'm glad you said that because I was just about to ask um because I did want to pull this back to present day and ask about the Westmorelands now and I know your family I know your family knows about the roots on your mother's side which we will be talking about in depth in another episode but uh what was it like for all of you guys to just finally be able to place the Westmorelands in American history and just find those origins amazing (laughs) absolutely amazing (laughs) you know it's to know you have family history is something and that's just it we we know we have history back there we know that somebody pretty much started from nothing Mm -hmm. and we were able to keep that alive for them you know this it wasn't in vain like you did all of that and just so you know you have a very successful family here and we are going to continue to be a successful family. Oh, now. yeah. Your family is massive and like very like <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. <laughs> the very the strong, like honestly, your family, the Westmorelands, you guys have like a hugely strong bond. But it's very um, crazy because I was just about to go into as well that you guys have these very big family reunions because like I said the Westmoreland family itself is a huge bunch with a very strong bond Uh, I just want to talk about uh, your family traditions and what you guys do to connect with each other today so um, one of the traditions that we always had was um, New Year's Eve I mean not New Year's I lied Christmas Eve (laughs) sorry Christmas Eve is one of our family traditions and everybody would go to at first we were always going down to our grandparents house um before Papu died, we would go down there. Um, all the brothers would come, all the cousins would come, all the aunties would come, other, you know, cousins that are further out and things like that would show up. And, you know, we would just fellowship. And um, we just, those are some of, like, I have so many just fun and love-filled memories of the house being loud, <laughs> just <laughs> loud, and you could smell food cooking, and we were outside playing, we were in the back room, and this is back when um, they still had my 
grandparents' original home. So the home that they were living in, my grandfather built. And that's like a story that my dad would have to tell you, but like <laughs> the, the original home was still there and it had one bathroom <laughs> and imagine all the brothers with their family and other families showing up like, I don't know how we managed with just the one bathroom and <laughs> it's just, oh gosh, one bathroom, <laughs> you know, just take that where you will. But, it, <laughs> you know, those are, those were the things that we thrive on as a family. Cause you don't always get to call your family like you want to, or see them like you want to, but we always looked forward to knowing that Christmas Eve, we were all going to be together. And it was like, we had never, you know, hadn't seen each other, you know, it just, that's our thing. And then um, another tradition we had that we kind of fell off on, but we're working on getting it back was trying to have a family reunion every year. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be more of, it would be some of the Westmorelands and then also like some of my grandmother's side, the Johnsons, because my great grandfather on that side, um, he died when he was 107. Mm -hmm. And so we would always <laughs> do something like around his birthday, but Wow. Everybody in the area, you know, we would all get together in Willis, which is kind of like that Montgomery County area. Right. So we would get together and just fellowship. Right. Oh, yeah. Just just having that kind of connection and with people that, you know, were just going to bond with you. Yeah. No matter what, like you could meet someone that you haven't seen before, but you know, your family and it's just it's just easy. And that's exactly how it was. It was always a Brie this is such and such. This is my cousin from whoever. And I'd be like, oh, hey, and they're like, I remember you were a baby. I'm like, I don't remember. Oh, gosh. Sorry, Here but, we hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh I've, I've, I've seen that. I've, I've been to one family reunion. Um, unfortunately, we don't do it a lot. I flew to England for the first time in like 20 years and they had a surprise family reunion and there were people, obviously I hadn't seen them in 20 years, mm -hmm. anyone. So they were like, oh my gosh, the last time I saw you, you were five years old. I'm like, awesome. I haven't retained memory from then. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just got <laughs> holding memories to set in. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't quite, can't quite place you, but um, sure. That's fine. I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to be with people that are related to me. So like, that is a kind of connection that like, not a lot of people have. So mm -hmm. it's very, um, you guys are very lucky to have each other. And then obviously to build up on the family tree, it kind of connects you guys a little bit more because mm -hmm. there's obviously history that's important. And um, obviously trailblazing for um, African-American history and Texan history, like you guys were people and you guys are and were important. It just, it, it does, it feels, <laughs> you're right. You do feel important. You feel like I, my, my ancestor was a part of American history. He, mm -hmm. he did something that, you know, was pretty much unprecedented at the time. And so right. it feels good. Like he may never show up in anybody's book, but we know. <laughs> oh so. yeah. He's, 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 uh, he's showing up in this book. So, right. and we're going to, we're going to tell every chance we get, we're going to tell people like, well, let me show, let me show you. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's it's really fascinating to um, kind of line up uh, what your ancestors are going through during their life and lining it up with um, things that are happening in history at that time, because it would make sense for the only document for him to pop in pop up in it for the first time would be that 1890 or sorry 1867 voter registration that would right. make sense because Perfect. obviously before then he you know it wasn't really um he wasn't really documented that well mm -hmm. so lining that up with the reconstruction act of 
1867. Like when I, when I looked it up to figure out why that was the first document, um, it was kind of like, oh, that makes sense. Because it even said um, when I was looking it up, um, in most states, this voter registration constitutes the earliest record containing information about newly freed African-American men. Um, that's coming straight from the source I was looking at about that, mm-hmm. um, that Reconstruction Act. So that lining it up um, with real history that's in our history books and knowing that they lived through that is um it's it's one validating because it makes the the documents make sense it's like okay Mm -hmm. well that kind of helps with the research that would explain why there's you know missing documents why he's only popping up now blah 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 like it's um it helps knowing history what's going on at the time really helps with um, the research that you're doing about your personal family history. I think that's what kind of like made me go, oh, this explains why he wasn't even, why there's no birth records or why there's no like census records or why there's nothing. It's just kind of like, oh, here he is like 30 something years into his life and he's registering to vote. And honestly, when I kind of think about it too, like this really should be the starting point for our family. Like mm-hmm. at this point, I really don't have a reason to say, oh, he was a slave. I could say, you know, Tobe Westmoreland was mm-hmm. a blacksmith who voted in 1867 and he, you know, he started the family for us. I don't have to say he was a slave necessarily. This is mm-hmm. it. This could be the starting block. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it is really nice to be able to build up and figure out where you guys came from and how you guys got to Texas and like where this, like, it's basically those roots that are very important to some people. It's, it's very, like, it's very fascinating. And it's very, um, like, like you said, it's kind of humbling to read about these people who lived through things we read about in textbooks. Right. Like it was real. It was real. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It makes it real. It makes like, obviously slavery is real, but like reading about a specific person who, you know, you were related to that Mm -hmm. went through that um, and had to overcome the obstacles of, you know, get being, becoming a free man and then adjusting to life after that is, Mm -hmm. it's uh, incredible, honestly, just to be able to find those documents is very, uh, it's exciting, honestly. It is. And and then with your DNA, uh, ancestry DNA stuff, again, I was able to link a bunch of people to that, that relationship between uh, James Madison Spiller and Jenny, uh, your third great grandparents. There's a lot of, um, obviously, there are descendants on the other side with his wife, your white uh, cousins and all that. But then, obviously, there were a lot of descendants that came from that relationship, who are your African American cousins, obviously. Right. Uh, your black cousins who are all descendants from that same um, that same relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, it's interesting. I, I think about like if they know, you know. So I reached out to you to find this information. You were able to mm-hmm. deliver it, but do they necessarily even know? Like, so this is this is what it is. This is why mm-hmm. you know people are like. Well, I've had people say like, "What are you mixed with?" And I'm like, "I'm mixed with nothing. I'm black." But you know, if you go further down, okay, there he's he's white. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not necessarily mixed with, but like maybe that's why certain features look a certain way. And I wonder if you know I have far off cousins who are thinking the same thing. Like, right? Who could that be in my family that looks like this or whatever? So it would be yeah. great to meet them. I would never reach <laughs> to them. I would never. <laughs> See, that's that's where we're very different because I've reached out to very distant cousins before just to just to get pictures of like ancestors and stuff. And I've gotten some responses and sometimes they just don't answer. But, you know, 
it, just, it is what it is. <laughs> I am so, I just, how do you start that conversation? Hi, I'm uh, Bree Westmoreland. Yeah, um, you basically do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you go, hey, we, we connected here. <laughs> yeah. That's how we're related. <laughs> Do you guys still own that land out there? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, see, that's that's another thing. Is are you entitled to Spiller property? Yes, yes, I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> there, I feel like there's some. There needs to be some um, uh, reparations. <laughs> needing some of that Spiller land as reparations for sure. It, it would be crazy to find out to, that they like still owned a lot of land out there. That would be like really. So let us tell you the history behind that, okay? Like, what about the Westmoreland? We're still here. We're still chilling. I, I mean, I don't even want a lot, but I there's a lot of people behind me, so you might want to yeah. figure it out. Split up between everyone because there's a lot of Westmorelands and there's a lot of like spillers who are, um, you know, because they I they see another thing is I they might have had more than one kid. It might have not just been Nancy. Mm-hmm. There were yeah. other younger slaves on that document who were also listed as mulatto, which is an so indicator. So I wonder if they were all, like, were they brothers and sisters? Were they cousins? Were they from other slaves? Nancy might have had brothers and sisters, potentially, um, in that same kind of regard, where it was, like, James and Jenny, or maybe a different slave. Like, there were other mm-hmm. younger slaves who were listed as mulatto on that slave manifest as they were coming into Louisiana so that makes me think does she have brothers or does she have siblings and half siblings fathered by James Madison Spiller Mm -hmm. so uh in that regard then you would have uh Spillers who are um coming down from that descent who would Mm -hmm. be um potentially African-American but still with that Spiller last name now that that would be a mystery to solve right there so assuming that they you know, lived and everything, that's definitely another branch of the tree that mm-hmm. should, that needs to be kind of looked at and figured out. More yeah. children of James who he had, you know, if they're listed as mulatto, that means they're half white, half black. So that would lean towards James might have right. had more children with other slaves or maybe the same slave. I'd put my is, money on it. <laughs> which is kind of, you know, crazy. We'll You're right. Talk about that, but and then there's a 13-year-old who's listed as mulatto, Margaret Spiller. And then, you know, there's a bunch of Spillers who are very young who are listed as mulatto children, basically. So, um, which I would place money on Nancy having siblings or half-siblings from that same father. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've probably, they're probably also in the area or in your area. Um, and they've had kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, et cetera. So. They probably already reached out to you on TikTok trying to... <laughs> Oh, see, if I if, if I see a, a name like Spiller pop up, I'm like, hold on, I already know what's going on here. Start. Where's your family from? Oh my gosh! Please but yeah, Texas. Um, please say Texas. Please say that. Montgomery County, Texas. What? Crazy. I already know. I don't don't even. It's, I'm just gonna send you a link real quick. But um, yeah, that's uh. But yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely bring either your dad or your uncle on or one of your uncles on here and we'll go into more personal stories about the Tobes and uh, more about your uh, just all your grandparents, your great grandparents and all that. I think people would like to hear about those personal stories and yeah. humanize these people even more beyond just uh, the documents and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if anyone is interested in seeing photos, seeing the actual documents we were using to research uh, these stories uh, about the Tobes and the Westmorelands, uh, you can go to my TikTok at Genealogy Explorer, where you'll see the uh, Westmoreland family uh, series, and you can just go through all there. I think there's like, uh, you can just go through them. There's like four or five parts, I believe, and they have pictures and documents that you can look through uh, just for anyone that's interested in that. Um, I wanted to thank you again, uh, Bree, just for coming on here and uh, talking about your family. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having you again uh, just a couple more times. Obviously, we'll bring you on uh, to talk about your mother's side. And then we'll bring you on again uh, to bring on either your uncles or um, your your father to talk about more about that side as well. So uh, again, thank you so much for coming on here today. Thank you for inviting me. I'd love to be back. Of course. And uh, for anyone else listening, if you made it this far and you want to submit your own family story, uh, just go ahead and email me at genealogyexplorerpodcast at gmail.com. That's genealogyexplorerpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and send me any stories or any mysteries that you have if you are interested in being on the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.